<laughs> you guys need to watch A Few Good Men again soon because okay. he's All really right. good in that movie. We will. We I mean, it's a bit part, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Laura Palmer is oh. dead. A oh. Twin you Peaks podcast. Oh. Kelly likes to do the sneak attack. I like attack. to sneak, sneak attack. attack. It's the I warm up. Even I know it's okay because you can choose to to have like the pre banter version with me, or you can have Melissa's with know, like the I've tight been, start. I've been really lazy with the editing lately, so <laughs> it'll probably just be whatever you well, can send me. You do it really well. You hey, if do it. Chris Hardwick does it this way on the Nerdist, we can do it this way too. I think you know our tens of listeners want to hear the reality of our of our lives. Yeah. A little reality. So we're podcasting today from a special locale. I don't want to triangulate, but. We're at my parents' house. Parents' <laughs> parents. And not only that, but my dad dropped us off. <laughs> yeah, this is like a middle school get together. Except that, I never hung out with like girls in middle. Like we did not have the mixed gender groups that you see no, today all the time. That's a new thing. Yeah. I was just talking about this with someone. The kids at my company who are like twenty three that are in the data integrity and testing that are mm-hmm. like. They they are digital natives and they all hang out in mixed gender groups where there is no difference between men and women. Like they treat each other totally the same. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's, but yeah. also a that's little a bit lacking thing. in it's the fun sexual way. tension that you know. Right. Anyway, <laughs> but we're not here to talk about youngsters. We're here to talk about oldsters <laughs> because we're talking about episode two ten, which is dispute between brothers. And 211. Masked Ball. Yep. Pat knows I never remember the name of the second episode we watched. But that second episode doesn't. No masked ball involved. There are zero masked balls in that episode. Why is. It's episode called Masked Ball. There's a wedding. You're asking me? Like, I yes, never know. <laughs> well, asking you, Tom. So the episode titles were added for the German release of Twin Peaks. So you oh. have to imagine these are like German translations of things. So maybe their definition of wedding was Masked Ball. Masked Ball. <laughs> like, it was That's like, probably it. Yeah. You that know? makes like the most sense. Oh my actually. God, I learned today at work, and I now I don't know, the, or not today, last yeah. for, on Friday at work, that there is a German word for a face that... Is longing to be punched. Ah. That is so. Speaking of James, um, yeah. A, the Germans had my favorite word, which is Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yeah, shameful joy. Yes. Yep, yep. Yes, indeed. So, okay. So now we're a little bit in silly see, someone's town. Walking their dogs by now, and I can see out of the. You gotta switch seats with me, Melissa, because this is gonna drive me nuts. Okay. Tom doesn't want his cred <laughs> to be. Yeah, he doesn't want his neighbors him. to know he's got a girl in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Papa, Papa Klein dropped me you and Pat off on our You don't want to go there in the Meyer household. <laughs> it was pretty great. From brunch. We're like, Dad, can you drive us to Island Park? <laughs> like, okay. So we are in some weird episodes here. I, my first note I captured was, Welcome to Silly Town, population 51,201. Because <laughs> yeah. we really have gone to a place where there is no A plot anymore. Every plot is a B plot. Yeah, They're trying sad. to fill in the cracks. Yeah. So there's still good moments, but ultimately there's a lot of just kind of silly vignettes happening in the town. So we start out with, um, it's three days later, shot of the Palmers, Sarah's being... No one's walking by. The doc doc is trying to drug her up again, but she refuses it. Which they don't have medications that you can swallow. Everything is (laughs) intravenous in Twin Peaks. Which I feel like in the 90s wasn't, I mean, no. 
Belly of the Dolls. That was all pills. It's just, a, I think it's a dramatic thing. I know, it's, it's more weird. Yeah. heightened tension if you see a needle on screen. Right. And I gotta say, I mean, if there ever was a time where I'm like, Sarah, take the drugs. Like, it's the funeral of your husband a mm. month after your daughter died. Like, you are allowed to take whatever drugs you need. But she opts out. Side note, you're, you found out your husband rapes and murders your daughter yeah. as well. Did she find that out, though? Yeah. yeah pretty much. Cooper. I mean, Coop says. Yeah, I guess he started. Well, well, she's talking about the rape. Out. Well, we don't know if she knows or not, but yeah. Coop does say this was murdered. not really Leland who did those things. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Coop um, does some lying to Sarah here a little bit, yeah, he which might. he but. shows a lot of compassion. He's talking to Sarah about the last moments of Leland's life. And he says that he thought of you, he mentioned you, and that we know that that's not true. He said nothing about Sarah. It was, mm-hmm. like, only Laura that he mentioned. Oh, I didn't see, yeah. And so that's nice. And then he also, Cooper reiterates that it wasn't Leland doing those things. And then Sarah says, it was that man with the long, dirty, disgusting <laughs> hair. And I always think about when I hear that, so Frank Silva, who plays Bob, his mother was apparently, of course, a big fan of the show, and she and her girlfriends would like watch the show every week and be big fans. And I always, when I hear that line, think of Frank Frank Silva's mom and her girlfriends watching the show, <laughs> and they're being like his disgusting long hair yeah. and his dirty face. And she's I'm like, like watching That's that my scene son. in the mirror where he's like <laughs> yeah. licking. Maggie. Poor Mrs. Silva. Apparently, yeah. God bless him because he's passed, but Frank Silva was like the nicest guy and just yeah. oh, a really of, good guy. All the villains are like nice guys. Nice. Like, Eric DeRay is yeah. super nice, apparently, apparently, who plays apparently. Leo. Like, Well, you can't be like a dick and make it in acting. I feel like that's probably yeah. a big part of it. Uh, Michael Pitt would disagree with you. <laughs> he's There's many actors <laughs> we'll who like make Well, it. once you've made it. Right, right, right. You can't start in like B. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, so we start out with, uh, Sarah Palmer getting drugged up and then we go to the funeral that has a spread of food that Weird. looks just vomitous. It's I mean, just... it's like lots of corn is the only thing that I wrote. <laughs> I knew you'd capture something on there. <laughs> is there any creamed corn and, well, on there? Technically, I think we're talking about a wake. This is a wake. Oh, yes, yes. Jewish, so it would have been Shiva for me. No, this is the no. after funeral party. This is the after right. funeral. Oh, after dude. funeral. Okay. So they they so went whatever. to the graveyard. Well, it's which, not the funeral. It's the whatever you go the funeral reception. Right. It's the funeral. <laughs> okay, yeah, whatever it's the, the funeral. After but it's not a wake. You're right. Yeah. Okay, my bad. They're like sitting because Shiva. They kind of. You kind of have to read between the lines, but Coop says, "I'll drive you to the funeral to see." Yeah. yeah. So they skip the. Actual funeral, right? Because right. we already oh, okay. had yeah. Laura's funeral, and then it's like, like, oh, now we're just gonna. Well, party. I thought, yeah. yeah, I I love that uh, Doctor Lawrence Jacoby is uh, at this funeral reception <laughs> in back. his full Hawaiian regalia yeah. and his multicolored glasses. Yeah. He doesn't change for anyone, and he's no, happy he's as like, a clam. He's, he's having a great time. He's everyone's life. everyone's yeah. like. very happy, and I don't mean to be like bring it down but Leland's death is by no means this isn't like an old person's death this is an untimely very sad death and there is definitely a difference when you go to a funeral that's for someone in their 90s that like lived a long life versus when you go to an untimely death funeral like this funeral everyone's super happy and having a great time it's sort of weird weird yeah um, they do like a play-by-play of what each character's feeling slash doing at the time. Yes. It's like, just don't forget Nadine. 
here she is. And I put she like can see her panties in her shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a note, Nadine, sixteen or six. She's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be like thinking she's a high schooler, but she's wearing this dress that's like this little frilly with puffy yeah. sleeves and like white, and that's like. Uh, you're, and the whole you worrying about boys looking up your skirts is a little like <laughs> yeah. younger than sixteen. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like they can't quite get. The actress is so far past that. <laughs> not, sorry, she's not so far past that age, but she's far right. enough past that age. We're playing a high schooler as a challenge, and she's sometimes having a little bit of difficulty. That's true. Good you know, point. like she's like, "Am I being twelve? Am I being seventeen? <laughs> like, there's a big difference. I forget. It all blends now. One thing for sure is she is strong as. Fuck. Yes. The other thing I, I noticed about the funeral and just people's respective roles in the funeral is that I think Audrey has taken on kind of a different role in the community than she had before because she is sitting next to Sarah Palmer and... Hanging with the golden girls. Yeah, hanging with Sarah Palmer and with um, uh, Mrs. Hayward, Mary Jo Deschanel, and kind of comforting them. And she's wearing... You know, a mature black suit. And I just think this is the first scene where we kind of see, like, Audrey's changed. You know, she's not the kind of smart-alecky high schooler who's, you know, being a bit of a... Like I said before, getting addicted to heroin. Yes. Almost having sex with your father. All of those things. (laughs) She's been burned and she learned her lesson. (laughs) Yeah. She reads a lot older now, too. I mean, like, you would not think she's 17. She seems more like 27. She's being like emotionally mature she's thinking about other people's feelings whereas in the past i think she was very selfish so we're getting like new audrey post kidnapping isn't is a different audrey you know like it's a different experience post kidnapping -kidnapping audrey is different (laughs) yeah everyone's in the funeral i do like scenes in twin peaks that are like weddings funerals (laughs) where you have all the characters because you just get to see everybody interacting you get to see cooper being like kind of the outsider seeing everything and in this case really seeing it joyfully with very rose-colored glasses or in jacoby's case rose-colored glass and one green (laughs) (laughs) those glasses will be for sale on our website what no but yes uh, we also get introduced to a plot line that nobody will care about, but I'm going to bring up anyway, the two brothers of the title dispute between brothers, yeah. which is the Milford brothers. Like two seconds of the yeah. episode is why it's named Dwayne Milford. Oh, that's his brother. Yeah. yeah. The mayor and the two oldest men in town. Let's see if I but, could, let's see how fast I can explain this plot line. Okay. Like, give me Good. like. Like a countdown or something. My, my phone's uh, okay. I'm watching. I'm watching. Go. Okay. Uh, the Milford brothers, Dwayne is the mayor and Dougie is the newspaper head. The brothers have some sort of feud from their past that happened because of a woman. We don't know exactly what it is. Dougie, the newspaper guy, came out went on Dwayne's first election against Dwayne. And so that added fuel to the fire. And now Dwayne is marrying a teenager despite being in his 90s. And Dougie is upset about that. And that's the continuation of their feud. Bam. 25 seconds. <laughs> and honestly, that's all you need to know. And like, you don't need to know more than that. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Very good. Do they just bring them in because they don't have an A plot anymore? Is that just it? Yeah, I think they're just grasping at straws to find an A plot. to more and more characters. Here's... You actually do meet the mayor in the, very, in the pilot in the first episode. Oh. And then they don't bring him back until this Yeah, he looked familiar. Yeah, yeah, so he was in the first episode. 
Because you've got to ask yourself, if you were saying, like, what is the story of this episode? Like, you really would have a hard time saying because it's just so many yeah. different dis- disparate plot lines. The most interesting one to me is James because, you know, James yeah. is the boss. <laughs> oh, God. Um, or I guess that's the next episode. Let's, but, you know, but, oh, I, I doesn't matter. We'll we go, go back to the forth. next episode. Let's I group, do the yeah, James stuff. I group our yeah. viewings together. Yeah, listeners. totally Sorry. fine. No, no, no. Uh, I don't think the listeners are like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that happened in 211, not 210. Don't think the listeners are existent. But that's the whole other story. <laughs> hey, there's a there bunch of them. Are. There's, there's the, tens of them. We just don't know who they are. They're just not yeah. anyone we know. No, that's true. It's very appreciate. We appreciate you. We have a Patreon page now, the Bookhouse Boys. You can give us money if you want. Oh, and you know what? <laughs> I did find out that my ex-boyfriend Shane, who introduced me to Twin Peaks, has been listening. Hello, so Shane. So I should stop saying <laughs> such horrible things about him. Just kidding. I never said anything bad about him. Um, but, you know, nice to know Just we have been one thinking listener. Of apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Ended on great terms. We're good. Everything's great. Everything's good now. Everything's Thanks great. Thanks for listening. Hey, he introduced me to Twin Peaks, like, at the Thanks. very yeah, least. I, I feel that. At yeah. the very least. That's something. I I have one line to say to you. So you're asking me to admit a 35 year old woman into the senior <laughs> class? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Nadine. And then they do. They they, they do admit do. her into the senior like, class, yeah, and uh, she can lift. Six, she can uh, leg press 600 pounds, which is no small feat. That's like NFL linebacker numbers. Oh, yep. Yeah. She's got. A crush on Bopper. No, snake. 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 Oh, yeah, Bopper's likes, Bobby. Snake is Snake. Snake's yeah. buns. He's um, got great buns. And eventually she gets asked to join the wrestling team, which I actually really appreciate that this coach is like, I don't care that you're a 90-pound woman. Like, you're obviously very strong. Join the wrestling team. Good on you, coach. Good on you. That is football athletics co- or high school athletics coaches as I know them. They just care about winning and improving their record. Right. That's yeah. all they want. They're like they'll you're a, a delusional thirty-five year old with an eye patch who. <laughs> like, but he saw that leg press, and that's why he asked. Is wearing a fifties letter sweater, but hey, <laughs> yeah, and hitting patch. on these small children. Basically, she's so great though when she's like. Why, Mike, aren't we being a little forward? Like, she's yeah. so great. he's just like, do you want something? Because she's staring at him. Oh, my God, she I love it. She takes that as a, as a hit on. Yeah. She's like, so great. I love the scene where she asks Donna for permission to date Mike. And Donna's like, aren't you seeing Ed? And she's like, well, Ed stays at home and Mike goes out. And, like, Ed acts old enough to be my father. And I'm like, you know what? Good. Nadine should be a player. Like, Ed's been cheating on her this entire time. <laughs> and everybody in town knows it. And why is Donna, like, blinking? And Like, if I were Donna, I'd be like, you know what, Nadine? You go ahead and go for it, girl. Well, mm-hmm. in all fairness to Donna, she's like, dude, you're married. Like, oh, yeah, we have to play into this weird thing Don't that's going on. Like, this is going to be healthy <laughs> yeah. in the long run. Don would be like a good caseworker for like the mentally unstable or whatever. Yeah. Because like, she like plays that scene very well. well she does. You're right. Mr. Smith, where he ended up committing suicide because oh, yeah. she was helping. Kind of Donna's fault. Kind of Donna's fault. I want to talk about how Twin Peaks continues to break my heart with like. Audrey just Coop. teasing me about Audrey and Coop. There's a yeah. scene here that just mm, get like 
keeps giving me hope when I know there is none, <laughs> where Audrey comes to Cooper's room to say goodbye to him. She's wearing her little plaid skirt and her very aggressively shoulder-padded jacket. Yeah, that's and a weird little blazer for a woman thing she's wearing. I don't know. Suddenly Audrey... I almost thought she was going to take it off at one point. Yeah. And just like, That's not her move, though. No, it's she's not. She's business Audrey now. She's, like, business holding Audrey. down the fort for Dad because he's busy cry-watching. <laughs> like, Old family video. Yeah, she's like, you know what, Dad? I just picture her behind the scenes to her being, like, slapping him and being like, get over your shit, Dad. I was there, too. It was fucking weird. Like, Get your shit together, Ed Horn. Get all your shit. <laughs> Get it a, sorry, that's a Rick and Morty reference. <laughs> there were so many Rick and Mortys at C2B2. In case you um, didn't know, I was the one who almost died. Right, yeah. Audrey's I like, boo hoo hoo, dad. Don't be such a baby. But yes. so she goes to Coop to say goodbye, and Coop tells her the story of his past with Wyndham Earl and a witness oh. that he was protecting that he fell for. And blah, 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 blah. But as a result, like, didn't protect her enough because he was busy being in love with her. Yeah, and so now he's not going to... The long and short of it is Coop's like, You'll I'm not going to let my heart be broken. Like, I'm not going to do that again. So I can't be with you. But he mm. says, you know, like, I care about you and I like yeah. you. And he blah, thinks blah, blah. it was his fault that this woman was killed. Yes. And then because what? he loved her so much that he right. ignored his duties. But, but then... It makes sense to me, but... Audrey says the line that ha- that will haunt shippers until this new season that, like, is setting us up to hope. And David Lynch, god damn it, please get Coop and Audrey together, please. But, like, I know he didn't do it. I know he's not going to do it. But Audrey says, you know, uh, before you know it, I'm going to be grown up and on my own, and you better watch out 25 years later when we do the next season on Showtime. <laughs> And I get together with Coop. Like, that's my fervent wish. But I, I can't tell as you watch this, like, your your wish seems to be equally strong, if not stronger, that Coop and Truman get oh, together. Oh, well, like, yeah. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's a... True. Kelly yeah. cannot stop commenting on the sexual energy between okay, Coop and because Truman. because it's palpable. He, he becomes like, a uh, permanent bookhouse boy. Yeah. Oh, my God. In that scene, they, like, they're... Their pelvises are like <laughs> leaning and straining towards each other. I'm telling you, there has never been more homoerotic tension since um, oh, Top Gun. Yeah, and that like he's spread on my tail. Yeah, like yeah, like the it's, green so you butted like, skunk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not. You weren't even thinking of the volleyball scene. You're thinking of like a random flight scene where you're like reading all this sexual. He's riding me hard. <laughs> I gotta get him off. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Like every line in that movie is just if you just. Because, <laughs> as you'll recall from Kelly past episodes, I had a sometimes. lot of gay friends. And in college, one of our favorite drinking games was to have Top Gun on but not watch it and take a take a drink whenever something homoerotic was said. Oh, well, that makes a lot more sense yeah. than you can quote Top Gun in the homoerotic things. Because as an outsider, that was weird. You were like, whoa, Kelly knows the movie Top Gun. I mean, I do all those quotes, yeah. Yeah. I do not. Um. It comes strictly from the drinking game. How gay is Top Gun? That's what we called it. We weren't very subtle. It's pretty, yeah, like I watched it again recently. Like, fuck, this movie's gay. <laughs> so offensive to say that, but you know what? It's a great drinking no, I mean, game. I, I'm not saying like fuck, this movie's bad gay. No, like, just like, I'm just like it's like, literally, it's literally like, homo-erotic. like homo-erotic. 
about it. erotic as fuck. It's a gay oh, porn. If you don't watch it and you just listen to what they're saying, like they they're like, yeah. I gotta pull out, but I can't because it's so hard. Oh, like yeah, like there's that <laughs> like, scene and, and they, that's uh, the volleyball scene, <laughs> right? They're just out of control. There's this scene when they're, like, getting a briefing, and, oh, I can't remember the exact line, but, like, one of them just, basically, like, these two, like, pilots are just, like, ba- like they basically talk about having sex. Right. And, like, I didn't catch it until, like, this 10th viewing of, like, a month ago, and I was like, whoa, that is, like... We gotta cool it down here. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And, and Harry and Cooper are, like, on that level, like... <laughs> to you. Oh. No, I mean there's a there's a there's a super strong bromance. There's a it's super, super strong. Bromance. I mean, I don't know. That's a really good question. Like, given the option, would I choose Cooper and Harry or Cooper and Audrey? Ooh. And you know what? There can be only one. Yeah. I'm gonna say Cooper and Harry. No, I would agree. No, I would. I love Audrey and Cooper. I love Audrey and Cooper. <laughs> But there's Fast nothing. There's yeah. nothing that compares to the love between Cooper and Harry. You're gonna that change is your mind. All good relationships you know. start in friendship. Per Audrey. It's nice to be quoted accurately. <laughs> I just quoted Cooper. I kind of think of yeah, Melissa no. as the Harry to my Cooper. So I mean, it's true. But yeah, there's. So the great bromance scene, and every time I'm like, oh, this is the greatest bromance scene, there's another scene that's even more. Like, Cooper comes to say goodbye, quote-unquote, to Harry, and Harry has put together, crafted a green bud skunk for him, which Um, is a... a fly-fishing lure. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, like, just looked around the table (laughs) like, someone help me with what this means. (laughs) And he also gives him a bookhouse boy patch. A patch! (laughs) And which had a did it have a tree on it? Am I imagining? Yeah, it was like, like a tree with a sword. A, yeah, was that it? <laughs> it was a I tree it was with like a, a book penis. <laughs> There's probably a book in there. Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. That would make sense. Gives him a book. Yeah, gives him a book house boy patch and his with, tongue down his throat. A book opening <laughs> with a tree and a sword. And then he's Not like, "Where? Though. Well, on what? What has Cooper?" Cooper only wears suits. That's true. Yeah. You're not going to wear like a patch on a I suit. I know, but That's I feel like if Cooper look. would ever be like, I'm going to put this right where I can see it, and he like has it on his cubicle at work. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? pinned. Like pinned. It's so good. Yeah. And then they do the whole Wizard of Oz goodbye because Coop is going to go out, and he says, yeah. is thinking he's going to say goodbye to the whole gang. Where Spot Lucy gets very shortchanged. He tells everyone else how wonderful they are, and Lucy, he's like... Lucy. Hope that it all works yeah. out for your skanky ways. Invite me to the wedding if that happens. Right. <laughs> and then we get the meanest Canadian Mountie you've ever seen in yes. your life. I'm really glad you took some notes here because <laughs> I am just laughing today. It's all for right. our listeners, our my three co-podcasters each have literally pages of notes. Like Pat has, like I don't even know how many lines of notes there. <laughs> I, I do this show sans notes, people. I just want you to... Every, well, since like the second That doesn't episode. mean like it's like we cheated. No, like, you I'm had just, the option to take it, notes. No, you I just, just chose you not to. You let us guide you the way. <laughs> I'm just letting our listeners know about us as people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I do think is interesting? I was thinking about is um, like our mechanism of note taking. I've noticed that when I try to keep track of a scene, I write the characters in the scene. You know, hmm. like I'll be like, this scene was Bobby Shelley Leo... And, like, I've seen Pat, you'll do, like, a location or a quote mm-hmm. when you're... So it's just interesting to see what people kind of value. Yeah, I yeah sometimes a, I do that, or I'll do just, like, a summary of the scene. Yeah. Or, 
Yeah, I do some the characters. Scenes I skip. Yeah, so that I because I can remember the characters and what they were doing. Right. And when I do take notes, I just write down like moments, like right. or like yeah. things that stick out. That's, that's interesting. That's what they're more experiential. That's what I was. Gonna yeah. Do. Yeah. Yeah, whereas, like, we're more kind of focused on the relationships. Right. It's interesting how, like, we all bring our lens to it. Um, uh, okay, so Coop gets uh, suspended. Coop gets suspended. Without pay. Without yeah. pay, which That's I love harsh. how he says that in front of everyone in the sheriff's department. Like, <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I, thought, like, I like how he's like, you are without pay, suspended. <laughs> it's like, yeah. he leads with the without pay part. He does, part. yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, you already know what's coming after that. You didn't even <laughs> say fire or suspend. It's like, yeah. it's just a weird way of saying it. And I'm that. sorry. We've hey. been, we as Americans know that Canadians are nicer than us. And this is the first Canadian character I've ever seen who's just a dick. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's just a yeah. dick. He's the worst. Well, he's upset because his undercover sting, which has had a lot of time and whatever involved, right. It was ruined well, by... Well, you shouldn't have sucked so much. <laughs> right. If this guy could just come in after, like, two weeks and, like, infiltrated everything. And then we may... He, yeah, like... It's so funny to watch, like, Pat spoil things and Kelly <laughs> try to stop him from spoiling things. I know. I see it, too. <laughs> Where it's like, we don't know that, Pat. We don't and know that And it sometimes happens yet. the other way around, too. I start slapping. <laughs> it's just slapping is my methodology. I'm an abuser, guys. It's an, it's been admitted. Pat's well, if it's one falling thing, down some stairs. And the thing you're talking about, you shouldn't have even asked that. They missed it, question. so don't bring it up okay. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know Josie dies now. Thanks, Pat. Oh, okay, I thought you didn't hear that. <laughs> Oh, I just I'm followed her for Melissa. Not to understand which, what's going on. Which Melissa's feeling tragic about. Um, no, she should have died a long time ago. Yeah. So, uh, another character that we love just as much, Catherine appears at the sheriff's department in yet another theatrical costume. And I was thinking, she's got to have just like a closet or trailer that is full of theatrical costumes and makeup. Sure. Yeah. Some wine? Oh, I'll have some. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she had her like really bad Japanese costume, and then she had her like Lands End Mountaineer hat with like yeah. plaid and like a walking stick, and then some artful dirt smudges she on her face. She once again busted out her little bastard disguise kit and just whipped <laughs> up a perfect theatrical disguise. Her toucan yeah. nose. <laughs> I really want understand why she chose the Japanese man to begin with and what... I think she's just bored. I, I really do. Like, I think Catherine's just very, very intelligent. She's married to a dummy. Like, I love Pete, but, like, he clearly doesn't... He doesn't challenge her. Yeah, he doesn't challenge right. her. She's now, in this small town, and she's extremely bored. And she's like, you know what? Why the fuck not? Like, what else am I going to do? Like, there's no consequences for her actions. She's just bored rich woman and that's where she's at and then she comes just just because she's like and now nobody noticed that i came back so i'm gonna like put on a costume and go to the sheriff's department and talk about the tuna sandwiches and how i like had a guardian angel save me and like it's so some strange. bunch of bullshit yeah so mixed to tie with back, some truth yeah that. so to tie back with Episode the next episode was the guardian angel supposed to be Hank because no. Hank called her. 
She's saying her story is that. No, but you're right. She does mention that a nefarious character or something. She said there was an implied threat. An implied threat. In her story, she says basically she went to the mill, and the mill was burning, so she ran away. And it seems like if Hank was supposed to kill Catherine, it was a very half-assed attempt. Like, he yeah. was like, well, I'll call her and assume she'll show up here. Like a Bond villain, like, explaining <laughs> his evil scheme while sharks are circling, like, and I'll just walk away and assume that this character died. Like, yeah. just not very committed to actually killing her. But, and then she says she just, like, left and wandered around in the night until she ended up at her cabin in Pearl Lakes. <laughs> but, like, probably went to some trailer probably, where she yeah. had, like, her... Toji Mora costume waiting. <laughs> Wait, who was tied up when the mill was burning down? Shelly. Shelly, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, continue. So, I don't know. Catherine, I think Catherine is just, like, she didn't have to do all that. She's right. just making life harder for herself. There was some kind of underlying payday for Catherine to go through with it. but I it guess the payday is, like, like if the mill burns down... She gets and she gets to like say fuck you horn. Like, you know what I was thinking might be a really fun challenge. Like at the end of our the last episode of our podcast, all four of us get a minute to describe the mill plot. Like, (laughs) and I think we should get totally wasted and like there should be a prize. We'll we'll like have people vote for who they think got like closest to the mark. Because I'll tell you, I've watched this show many times and I don't think I'd have any better shot than either of you because it's just that confusing. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. Well, I, I, I have this book, uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric... No, not that one. It's another film. Oh, that's book. a good one. Blade Runner yeah, inspired. Yeah. No, but another I mean, film. inspired Blade Runner. Uh, the yes. book is called... Flow My Tears, The Policeman Said. It's another Philip K. Dick novel. Nice. And I read it about four or five times. I could not tell you to this day what the <laughs> hell goes on in that book. Like, <laughs> even like... Is I, that your orange cover book that you read all the time? No, that's Train Spotting. Oh, no, you one. would read Train Spotting all the time. It's a really good book. What? It is. That other orange covered book. Yeah. We've had this conversation before. Dune? Is it black no. and orange? Or it wasn't Dune. Totally orange? I don't have orange book. It was light. It was like orange <laughs> so, and white. I pick it up all the time. I'm pretty sure that's train spotting. No, because I know what train spotting says. This Outlander. This is something else. <laughs> I'm going to be is. thinking about this for the rest of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's that book you always read. It's orange. Oh, 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 oh. Um, is it um, the uh, the one that Ninth Gate is based on, uh, which is called the Ninth... Uh, Keep Same going, too. everyone. <laughs> we, have, we have one listener who, like, knows what it is, and they're like, ah, why won't you say? Yeah, so it would be interesting, and I think we should absolutely take the mill plot challenge at, yeah. at yeah. the end of this, at the end of our, like, very last episode, all of us get a shot, we get one minute, explain the mill plot the best of your ability, after taking two shots. So it's, <laughs> it's everyone takes two shots, explains the mill plot for a minute. And if we could, like, somehow each do it in a, like, soundproof room. So no <laughs> right, help. so no one gets help, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because I swear, it's like, despite watching it many times and really trying to pay attention, as Tom said, I have pages of notes. I still don't fully, I feel like these people are making their life so much harder than it needs to be, burning things down so and faking deaths. When it's just not necessary. Like, they could Screaming. just Everyone's go about their lives and everything would be fine. 
Yeah. yeah. Maybe they have a corporate meeting. Yeah, that one. Yeah, the Dumas Club. Oh. Awesome book. Okay. <laughs> also known as the Club Dumas. Nice. Orange cover. Orange <laughs> cover. So, yeah. So, it's, it's uh... like, Melissa, you were saying, like, are there any, like, plots that we care about now? And the answer is no. And that's, to me, what the problem is right now with where we are in Twin Peaks land is just... There's a lot of like side plots, but we haven't really filled in what is there's, the main plot going to be. They're setting up. They're setting up. Sort of. They're setting up um, Wyndham Earl as the main plot, yeah. but they're setting it up real slowly. They're because letting these like, plots be like the denouement from the last. Well, I year. guess really what the main plot now is the John Renault. Yeah, because John Renault has said he wants to get he's Cooper. Still, he's he's now the main bad guy. Oh yeah, so John Ernie and Hank have their. Very homoerotic hunting trip. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the theme of these episodes is homoeroticism. And horse. That's right. Holy <laughs> <laughs> Pat could say and Different horse. Perspectives. And seem like the sweetest guy in the world. Like, yeah. And horse. And horse. Because, uh, because Norma asked Ernie, did you catch anything? And he's like, I, I hope, hope not. not. Oh, I love oh, that. That is good. Yeah, so Ernie and Hank go He's like, oh, I mean, maybe. Oh, I, I had a buckshot. It's like old-timey voice. Like. Yeah. Oh, so I guess that is some something of a reveal. Norma's mother is M.T. Yeah. Wentz. Yeah. M.T. Oh, Wentz, same one. And she wrote a scathing review about Norma, and Norma's very sad. And Norma's mom says... Well, I wanted to give you a good review, but this just isn't a good restaurant. <laughs> like, they're all like, it's a diner, not a restaurant. Right, like, Who reviews diners? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're so, not supposed to be good. It's kind of like, I want to feel bad for Norma, but I really don't. Like, it's like, you're doing fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, except for your husband, mm-hmm. which is probably just trash. You yeah. should just divorce him. Come yeah. On, right. Like. Yeah. He's sleeping with hookers. I mean, yeah. this is killing people left and right. We got, uh, we have, I, I feel weird. I have to keep saying this, but like 1990, like divorce was not a very common thing back then. I mean, but like, you know it was what? getting there. Who we got? We got Dennis, whatever his name is. Who goes by Denise? Denise Bryson. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that. Okay, so appearance of David Duchovny. Why won't you love me? Because he's a transvestite. <laughs> and he's not into you. Uh, <laughs> he's uh yeah. David Duchovny David shows Duchovny. up in drag. Uh, I have some good stories D-A- about this. D E A ninety. D A agent Denise Bryson, formerly Dennis Ooh. Bryson, which this is the. Thing that happens the moment before the pilot of X-Files happens, gang. This is a direct crossover. So fun David Duchovny facts. There's a great interview Ooh. that Pat and I found of David Duchovny from his Twin Peaks time. I'm so glad you guys do research. For oh, we do. <laughs> yes, of course. And actually... Or Kelly does and Pat watches. Yeah, begrudgingly. <laughs> no. Out of love. Um, Pat might be a bigger fan than me. He's turning into yeah. a bigger fan than me. But... Interesting thing. So this interview with David Duchovny, a couple things. Like, number one, I had heard people on X-Files talk about how funny David Duchovny was. And I was like, I get that he's hot, but I don't really imagine that he's very funny. But this interview did make me think, like, he had me, like, laughing out loud. He is just, like, really dry and funny. And he was saying how, like, with Twin Peaks, he's like, did I join Twin Peaks because it was a cult classic and I thought it was amazing to work with David Lynch? No, I joined it because it was a job and I got paid. Like, he was like, (laughs) whatever. And then he said when he, you know, was first, like, kind of rehearsing for this role of DE agent Dennis Bryson, who has become 
uh, a, a transvestite because he's not transgender. He's but, he's wearing women's clothing, but, but he he's goes, male identified. But, is, but he likes the name Denise. Well, yeah, there's a because like you know most yeah. if you say, if you're saying you're just a pure transvestite, tradi- current terminology would be like you keep your male name. Oh. Uh, in most cases. Yeah, okay. so I don't know if they were told. It's the 90s, so they weren't totally. Yeah, I mean, they weren't. But, like, you'll, they weren't f- you'll like... find out he still likes women. He's okay. still, like, he's still, you know. But it's just, as he says in his kind of origin story to Cooper, that he was undercover and found that women's clothing relaxed him. And he just... And so what's interesting, two things. David Duchovny said at first when he was kind of rehearsing, he was playing the role more effete and being, like, a little bit more over the top. And then when he actually got, like, the costumes and makeup and stuff on, he was like, I really don't have to do that. I can kind of just be myself, but be wearing women's clothing. And so that was kind of his mode. And you can tell he's just David Duchovny wearing a wig and women's clothing. And it, like, really works. (laughs) The other story that I absolutely love is that his dad was in the hospital at this time when this was happening. And he was, his father was writing things on a notepad to, like, the nurses and so David Duchovny came to visit one day and his dad was sleeping and he just like picked up the notepad to see like what notes his dad had written. And it was like, I need some water or like, can you change the channel? And then my son plays a transvestite on TV. So phenomenal. And I think he does an awesome job. And I, I really love, love the addition of Denise. I love Cooper's reaction to Denise. So Cooper, mm-hmm. just immediate when... When um, Denise comes in and says, I prefer you call me Denise, Cooper doesn't bat an eyelash. He's, like, extremely embracing and warm about, like, what is your experience? What led you to this? Just, I think it's a really ahead-of-its-time kind of little plot line, really. He's surprised, but very accepting. But, uh, yeah, like, you would expect that from Cooper's character, though. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. But everybody in the sheriff's department is kind of very cool about it. Maybe because of Cooper, but... Even Hawk is, like... It's oh, a good it's color hot. on him. It's a good Native, color on him, yeah. <laughs> Native Americans have had, uh, they many tribes had like a... Multiple genders. Yeah, like, or a, whatever you want to so call it. So they had... Third gender, whatever you want to call it. They had third and fourth genders. Yeah. Um, so Hawks, Hawks, Hawks Transgender, down. yeah. Yeah, yeah I really, I really <laughs> like the scene where Coop and Denise have their drink at the Great Northern and talk about Denise's experience with becoming... You know, it's yeah, really yeah. fun. It's a good, it's a cool character. Like, and it doesn't feel to me like just something they did to be weird. It feels like just we want to have well-rounded, interesting characters. And here's an interesting story for this person who was, and like, they do build up like Dennis is a no-nonsense guy. And like, and then it's, you mm-hmm. know, he's a good Denise. agent. I mean, and yeah, it's, it's like, it's a little... It's a little blurry in like how what he, what they're trying to play, what the character is, because like he does like a couple little like very feminine gestures right. and yeah, that, but then like the rest of the time is like regular. Yeah, masculine. it's it's Andy can't tell. Right. <laughs> he's, he's, but it's weird. So, yeah, oh, they do. He, is Andy supposed to think he's a, actually a woman? Well, Andy's and, dancing with him. Well, in, I saw in that. The wedding and yeah. yeah, no, he doesn't know he's a man. Okay. Andy and, doesn't. Yeah, know. I believe that. I, yeah, that would make sense for Andy. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great some great scenes to come with, with Denise that I really like. I think it's a great character. And I do think you could totally, if you're going with our X Files crossover theory, you could think that like Mulder just went on some really weird mission for a long time and was like, I'm going to be dressed up as this person. And like a minute after this is 
hanging out with Scully. Yeah, so. they're like, <laughs> we need someone weird for this X-Files project. Who's that guy that dresses up like a lady? And I think <laughs> David Duchovny is coming back to the new season. Oh, so I'm yeah. very excited about that. I think that's great. Yeah, so we covered Hank and Ernie. Do no one cares. Talk about uh, Major Briggs goes missing. Oh, oh yeah. Speaking of the X Files, yeah. this just was just a just to set up Major Briggs as Major Scully. It's <laughs> <laughs> true because they have the most X Files abduction. Life. It's very X Files, but yes. this was first by several years. So X Files, if anything, stole and like Weird. drew from Twin Peaks. And I'm not the huge X-Files fan that you guys are, but correct me if I'm wrong, the thing that makes it so X-Files is the shafts of light in the smoke. Yes? Yep. Yeah. That is like... When you get like... And then in the woods yep. where it just kind of rises yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Just a big like, yeah, shadow. big, big yeah. bright you light. Got, yeah. You got plaid. Fog machine going. You got fog. Gone. Yeah. You got smoke. You got woods. <laughs> it's all very X-Files. Very Pacific Northwest. Ugh. <laughs> oh, don't get chills. I love it. I love the crossover it's a fun scene with major briggs and coop i wrote good scene because <laughs> there are fewer and fewer at this yeah point. i was like i want to go camping with major briggs that looks like yeah, a lot of fun it, does look like a, it <laughs> looks like a lot of fun these are both two of the better actors in the series they both have kind of that spiritual nature well, and I like just, that you like you're seeing Major Briggs totally relaxed for the first time. Like he's not yeah. in uniform for the first time. I That's think. That's true. Yeah, yeah he's you're like, right. Just being like casual Briggs. He's about coops. He loves coop. Yeah, and he said you were blessed with certain gifts. Yeah. They do set up for the first time the White Lodge and the, the Black Lodge, Lodge yeah. which. So Major Briggs mentions the White Lodge, and then Cooper says, "Hold that thought. Basically, I've got to go relieve myself." Yep. But he says it in a much more coopish way. <laughs> Hawk, the Hawk call does. Of the wild. Hawk yeah. does finish the thought later on in, this, in the next episode about the right. White Lodge. Yes, he's talking so to Hawk, and there's two lodges. We learn a white and a black, and the spirits who rule over us reside in the White Lodge, and they're the good spirits, and then the Black Lodge, there's your shadow self, which is the dweller on the threshold. Ooh, Ooh. shadow self, like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> I just have dweller of, so thank you for finishing that. <laughs> it is not Melissa's best day. And if you have, <laughs> if you have imperfect courage in the Black Lodge, it will utterly annihilate your soul. Right. Yeah, I'm so, kind of confused. That's such a imperfect courage. That's like, how do you know you have perfect courage? That's tough. Very. Yeah, and it's it is interesting that Hawk does say very, like yeah. you're very courageous, but in there are things. World. Yeah, like yeah, in this world. So but... it's supposed to be an old legend. We don't know very much about it yet, but there's. A, a dark side and a light side, essentially. So like this the is force. like their paranormal that they're fishing for, and yeah, mm-hmm. now that now Bob's that, gone, yep. basically, Bob pretty Lynn much is gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 Sorry. interesting. <laughs> I was just thinking of the the red room and the dwarf dancing for a minute. Because <laughs> like, the, does the dwarf ever come back? Like, yes, yeah, oh, he yeah, does. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Let's rock. I have a question for you guys that I started thinking about in these two episodes. Do you think that Cooper's character is becoming kind of too perfect and kind of godlike and spiritual? Mm, That's a good question. Well, no. I feel like he's he's always had it, 
but he's become more in tune with it since all of this I, Twin Peaks. He's a little too like non flustered by the investigation against him. Like right, he's so like like he's because before he's been all like I my main goal is to be like the perfect like the best FBI agent I can be, mm-hmm. and now it's like they're saying you're no longer you might no longer be an FBI agent. And he's just like, I'm looking beyond the board, man. Like, I'm, right. <laughs> I'm not even playing your game anymore, dog. I'm on a whole or other level. Like, yeah, and I he, have a job up here easily. <laughs> that's true. He's <laughs> like, I can be deputy sheriff like that. Right. It's by Andy. <laughs> it's because I found myself with these two episodes kind of thinking like they're more than one deputy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I feel like they've started to push a little bit almost too far with Cooper's like omnipotence almost yeah. like yeah. he's spiritual yeah talking. like I, what i like about cooper is that like yes he's extremely intuitive and he's a great detective and he's a sweet caring man with like a, a great positive spirit but he's still a human normal being and like now they're almost endowing supernatural powers onto him do writers change a lot I think, yeah, yeah. And I think writers change and directors change. It's been different directors in this episode than we've ever seen before. I was telling everyone that my favorite directors, like, I always look for, obviously, David Lynch, but then secondarily, like, Leslie Linka-Glotter and Caleb Deschanel, I think, are the closest to getting, like, the Twin Peaks vibe. And these episodes have some of the directors that I'm like, I'll see their names and... Just kind of be like, oh god, it's a Dwayne Dunham episode. Dwayne with a U. <laughs> it's so it's. I feel terrible saying those things because I know you know they like how hard it is to do what episode, they do, so. and right. they must be very talented in their own right. But yeah. for whatever reason, they just didn't hit the mark on these episodes. They, and they got the shitty episodes too, right? Too, and it's a so. shitty situation to be like, yeah. here's a show that's. You have to know, in this moment in Twin Peaks, this was like they had really hit a peak of viewership with the episodes where the killer was revealed. Like, that was like the thing with, you know, it was becoming a cult classic at the end of season one, beginning of season two, it was really picking up, and now... You know, the the network had put the pressure to reveal the murderer. And after that, it was just like, of course, the wind went out of its sails. And people are coming in with just no hope of achieving what they had achieved before. And probably a lot of viewers weren't ready for, like, it to be the father who was the killer and the raper of his daughter. Right. It could have been stretched out. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So it's like they, they had an impossible task here. You're given a show that's been wrapped up. And you're kind of asked to pick it up again and kick it into gear. And all you have are the characters in the setting. And so, of course, you're going to have these weird stories about, you know, the mill and the Milford wedding and Nadine in high school. It's kind of just world building now. Yeah. You're right. So, and like, the best plot, (laughs) like, we all are resonating with, like, the same characters, more or less, except for I like James and you guys don't. But, uh, (laughs) hey, I enjoy his, uh, his lines and some of his story. Thank you, Pat. He's... Because it's so bad, though. Oh. <laughs> oh, just rip it out from under me. I'm That's sorry, fine. I'm sorry, Build me up just to knock me down. I was close I, to love. I enjoy. Wow. <laughs> um, I enjoy his, his stuff, though. But it's uh, what I was going to me. What I was going to say is like like we all love <laughs> Lucy like yeah. so much. Like there's like so little time, and she has like a ton of like 
plot potential, but like not even like with her plot. Like they they do scenes like without her in it. It's I know. like they do these scenes between uh, Andy, Andy and, and Dick. Dick, and, and like, like without Lucy. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's so dumb. Very weird thing I notice is that they talk about Lucy. Uh, planning the uh, the Milford wedding here, and then when they're at the wedding, she's not there. That's what I thought. It doesn't make oh, any that sense. Doesn't make any I didn't sense. know if I was too tired. So, was she in something else at this time? Maybe but... she's like a semi-professional wedding planner, and like a wedding, a professional wedding planner who was just doing would it for the not, money yeah. would not go to the wedding. But yeah, oh, I one thing. If she was in something else, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she was in. <laughs> I mean, she's she was a you know I don't IMDb a, show a Simpsons voice. Well, it's just that yeah. uh, I, <laughs> I, I think they just like rotate the characters in and out, and she just happens. But it's like weird. But I don't know. I don't nobody know, cares about Dick Tremaine, but like he's in a, more scenes than she I, is. I do find I think yeah. he's an interesting character though. Like I don't mind his scenes. It's just like they'd be so much better with Lucy in them, right? Because she's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it feels very forced. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. absolutely love the, the scene. malted scene. No, well, the scene. So, uh, yeah, but I like the scene where um, Dick comes to the sheriff department and is talking to Lucy, and then Andy comes out oh, and oh, says, yeah. I, had a, I come from a big family, and Mama always said she couldn't have fussing and feuding when she had a bun in the oven. <laughs> and, like, and then he says to yeah. Hawk, Hawk's like, What are you doing? Why don't you go for her? And Andy goes, I know Lucy, and she likes two things morals and manly behavior. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> like, oh, Andy, you're so right. <laughs> it's so great. Her, Andy's so her. it's so like clear that Andy's the perfect partner for Lucy. And you're just sure. like, Lucy, Which what are you doing? Why she was leaning in when he was saying words to yeah. kind of like kiss him. But Even she, though then he pulled Dick back, Jermaine, he yeah. pulled back because he knew. He knew. Yeah, and then he goes like, Do you think her. I went too far? <laughs> Andy. Yeah, so it's an introduction I mean, of a plot. So since I've already been crucified on the pyre of James Ophelia, um, <laughs> are you going to talk yeah, about James's sophomore? Let's talk. Let's talk about dead tunes. James dead lays dead down tune. some motorcycle poetry in this in this oh, episode yeah. about Steering like softcore porn. Oh my god, <laughs> I can't even. I'm not so much interested. Well, yeah, we should talk about. <laughs> in how it looks as I am and where it takes me. Yeah. Sometimes and burning into the night. night. <laughs> Punch off the lights. <laughs> and ride on the throttle and just rock it like, blind into the night. <laughs> I'm a, I, I had a motorcycle for a few years. And uh, it was like, the, I, as soon as I like get the money, I'm going to buy one again. Because there's nothing like it in this life. That's all I'm going to say. So I relate to all those motorcycle. Uh, he would still have it, but... His I, mom wouldn't let him have it on the porch. And my neighbor kind of <laughs> ruined it in my last place by running it over. Uh, Listeners, please email, uh, what is our email address? <laughs> Laura Palmer is dead podcast okay. at gmail.com. Email I don't know why you it in the podcast. If you oh, want. Because Laura Palmer is dead wasn't available. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. But let's talk Email about... that if you want okay. to hear us do a dramatic reenactment <laughs> of the scene between Evelyn and James yeah. in Evelyn's garage. So I wanted to like print that out and make us read it because every line in that is a beautiful cliche. Like it's like, Jeffrey only wants the most beautiful and unique toys. And, like every line they say, it's like just perfect. <laughs> and yeah, she has... Uh, she's a very pretty woman, but like beautiful, drop dead gorgeous. In natural light, in every way. She would, like you probably never noticed this, but the way they lit the scene where they meet in the bar, 
whenever she opens her mouth, it looks like one of her teeth is really dark because I think it bends back a little it's, bit. Yeah, yes. here's the thing. But gang. in every scene, you'll see. Okay, it keeps going. It'll keep. Yeah, it's so like, every scene that it looks dead. I, but like, she's got a so tooth. the question it's not dead. is, it's just it's just it's crooked. Inward. It's yeah. inward. just inward. And like but, with, the, with, the, with the TV lights, it looks but back, dead. Do like, we? Th- do you think it though, looks really weird? Do you think back then in the '90s, because the picture quality wasn't as good, they just didn't notice? Well, I bet they didn't notice. I'm sure they didn't notice when they were casting her. I would bet that. she is flawless in every way except yeah. for that. But then she like opens her mouth to smile and you just like lose your shit. I'm, like, yeah, I'm like, just wondering if, if like, they actually watch this, wait for it, and then see, we're like, oh. I finally understand now. <laughs> I, I finally understand why they do camera tests because like you right. can see that like you know if you have like a live audition like she you'd be like oh beautiful woman yes perfect yeah, right. then you put her in front of a like camera on her stage lights. <laughs> Totally different picture. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, like, I'm not ooh. saying it's okay, like that we have to scrutinize people to this level of, of flawlessness. Not. But the reality is, well, it's because she's so flawless in every right. other way that it sticks out it's so much. Sticks, yeah. And her role is it to distracts be you. It yeah. distracts you. Yeah, very distracting. I didn't listen to yeah. anything she said because I was looking at her weird. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's so distracting. Like it's all you can look at. It's so, all you remember with about James's her. James's face, and it's, then her dead tooth. There's like. I don't understand we what's going on. You are super hot actress if you're listening. You're but, beautiful. Uh, you're absolutely perfect. And I'm sure she's got her tooth fixed I'm by sure now. I'm sure in real life because, yeah. mega hot. Yeah, yeah she's perfect. She's probably got her face. The lighting director should have been fired. Right. The it's lighting just like, designer did not know this game. Yeah. And, and like she starts out her first scene and she's like, playing with like a cherry stem or something <laughs> so you don't see and then she opens her mouth and you just are like what <laughs> and then you're like did I see that and then it just keeps going where you're like nope that's real yeah that's real and I think yeah. probably, we, all, we also probably notice it more because like that's the thing like on most TV shows where like when they want to make a character ugly like they'll black out one of those front teeth right, right. Yeah. and like so it's like <laughs> the we're trained to like look for that yeah, yeah. oh god poor it. woman yeah and but and also I mean you know we we, we question sometimes which of these actors are the soap actors and which are not. Well, I think you can fairly guess that here. the actress who plays Evelyn March is a soap actor and <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Like, it's a totally legit form of acting, but it's a form of acting Norma, that's different Norma from... Norma is clearly it's a melodramatic. Soap. Right, and she's in that form where she's like... As is James. Yeah. But you guys don't like it. She Whatever. makes James seem very subtle <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> Like... The greatest part, though, in schmacting, and maybe this is gnawing on the scenery award, I'm not quite sure, but when James does his monologue, like, in theater, we used to talk about a downstage anchor, (laughs) which is, like, something to make the actor have some reason to, like, walk forward to the audience and, like, share something, which in, like, you know, a Neil Simon play is, like, a wet bar that's in the downstage corner and like in this James just like is talking and then he just like looks forward at the audience and starts like playing with this towel and like takes a few steps forward and I'm like are you in fucking death of a salesman like what are you who are you looking at like this is a TV show like you yeah. look like you're in a play he's looking at her and then just turns yeah it doesn't work it doesn't I mean, work Melissa, when I when I talk about used to talk about my motorcycle would I not go into like a wistful state I might not have taken a few steps forward but I, I feel like it's been a long time oh my yeah. <laughs> that is why you love James so much huh it's, it's a big part 
Wow. I mean, it's sense. making that sense because I was questioning. Sense, like, Pat yeah. and I have discussions about this. We're like, jealous of his understand? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And then has to let Like, James is who I wants. wanted to be in high school, except my parents would never have gotten me a motorcycle in a million years and I didn't have a oh. job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a. And you know what really but sucks James about James was drinking, so is he older? Well, no, I think they just, it's like a time where you could just go. I mean, yeah, you're on the border with Canada where you can drink when you're 18. So they probably like, there's probably a lot of bars where you can just like. Maybe he was in not Canada all these dive show. bars uh, check your yeah, ID, yeah. baby. Right. I don't know. Touche. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's we'll very just strange. assume. Or he, he may have ordered a Coke. No, he ordered a beer. No, he Did ordered, he order yeah, a beer? He was like, can I have he a just beer? Ordered, a beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was like... And then she's like, hello. She immediately just like oh, yeah, turns around. Beer. Yeah, it's it's weird. And what's really weird about this plot line is that it doesn't take place in Twin Peaks. The one thing that has been drawing these disparate storylines together has been that they all take place in Twin Peaks. Yeah. And suddenly this story is outside of Twin Peaks. So it's like, no, he's just what are you doing? Because James is the center of the show and y'all just don't get it. So the show is where <laughs> the fuck James is at. Oh my God. No. <laughs> I will not accept that. I will not accept that. In other no's, I will not accept that. So there is a term in... <laughs> there's a term in the world of geekery and shipping. So we know like shipping is when you want a couple to be get, be together. There's also like your original true pair, which is like the couple the, of all ships that you like want more than any other ship. So like for me, that'd be like Mulder and Scully, of course. And then there's your no TP, which is your never true pairing, like a couple that you just never would want to be together. And I'm going to put right out here right now, never to Bobby and Audrey. Like oh. they kind of, kind of give us a little mm. bit of them sexual tension. Oh, yeah. And Audrey's I do way too smart not, for yes, Bobby. Bobby's an yeah. asshole. He's an idiot. And well, Audrey's. Yeah, but, Audrey's no no perfect little she's not perfect but she's like she's she's smart she's too smart for Bobby yeah and I do not even Shelly you can tell she's getting annoyed with Bobby right Okay. This idiot has gotten me broke and like stuck with an invalid. I mean, Shelly's too good for Bobby, but they're both simple and like right. it, when Bobby chills out, maybe they could be a good couple. But like Audrey and Bobby, no, no. freaking way, no, unacceptable. And even the actor who plays Bobby too, there was this interview where <laughs> from that one scene where they had, he was like, "Oh, maybe they were gonna get me and uh, Audrey together," <laughs> but then they just went away from that, like. <laughs> Like, Maybe because you dumb. end up gnawing on the scenery ward every single yeah. episode, Bobby. Like he's the most soap opera y like in a bad way of all, the yeah. whole cast in my book. He's he's cross your fingers, cross your toes. It's he's suddenly Gordon Gecko. Like he's Woo. like slick back hair, being like, Bobby's gonna take care of you, baby. And you're like, Who are, you're 17. Like, <laughs> bopper. Stop it. Bopper. Yeah, not okay. Like Bobby now. And then Audrey. Is like, is it Halloween? Which I love. Like, she's like, you look like an asshole, but. <laughs> but then, so I, I've talked to Pat about this before. They have this little scene where she, like, gets him in to see her dad, and then he gets kicked out, and he says, I owe you an ice cream cone, and she goes, he's like, cup or cone? And she goes, cone, I like to lick. And I feel like you can tell that, that Cheryl and Fenn just hated saying that uh-huh. line. Like, she has this, like, I like to lick. Like, that's just, know. like... I she played it 
she did a great job, but like it's such an it's, like it's very cliche. It's very cliche, yeah. and uh, where she is in her arc, Audrey's not there right now. That's like she's true. not yeah. like that's trying true. to be like she's this like, overly sexed. Over. Yeah, she's uh, kind of like I'm gonna hang on the Great yeah. Northern. I'm not going to school anymore. She already signed up to be a prostitute. Almost had sex with her dad. <laughs> yeah, and she's kind of over that. Stage. She's like <laughs> I'm gonna take a minute. And like when I say I want I'm ice cream, find I myself literally mean I want ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> like bring me loads of ice cream. That's what I want, not sex. Ice but you cream. can see why Bobby's actor was like I thought that we were gonna like be hooking up on. Yeah, there was some chemistry for sure, which is why I'm saying, like, no fucking way. Like, that is not a couple that I ever want to see. Like, I don't ever want to see it. They do tease that. They do tease It would ruin Audrey's cool factor. Yeah, like, she's not for Bobby. That's not... That's not okay. And also, yeah. like, as bad as they are and as many of the problems as they have, I do like Bobby and Shelly together. Like, it's I, true. It's, they weirdly make sense to me. It's true. I'm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like, I think, again, Shelly's... I, I, I think it's Shelley's interesting. too good for Bobby. Shelly, well, yeah, I think, is obviously. the most attractive she is. She's person stunning. on the show. Like, yeah. Kelly's always like, oh, Audrey, you're so pretty, but I'm like, eh. Well, no. Every time about Shelly, too, on. yeah. No, you I, do, I know you do, but, like, you're, like, gushing over Audrey. <laughs> I do. I mean, Audrey, like, to me, just, like, she's got this, like, Elizabeth Taylor look that's just, yeah. like, she's just more my she type than Shelly. Yeah. yeah. She Legit. has that look that you can't pull off if you don't have that look. Right. That like, she's like porcelain yeah. doll, pinup girl. Yeah. yeah. Audrey's sexy, cute. beautiful, whereas Shelly is like cute, pretty. Yeah. You true. know? And like yeah. Shelly is very, very pretty and, ex- you know, extremely, yeah. just extremely attractive. But it, there's a difference. There's like yeah. a subtle, nuanced difference. Well said. Yeah. But they're all beautiful. There's no yeah, ugly people in Twin Peaks. <laughs> that's for damn sure. Yeah. Only uh, ugly in their souls. Only ugly oh. in their souls. <laughs> like Josie. She's oh, bad. God. Josie's Josie. Back. That's more male plaque. The khaki explosion. <laughs> she <laughs> falls falls into Harry's cabin <laughs> and onto starts... the ground and he falls with her and necks her immediately. He's like, oh <laughs> she's ready to go. She's lying right down. Okay. She's more like, no, I'm passing out from exhaustion. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. Take a moment. She was rapping on her on his window. Okay, so let's do a would yeah. you rather uh, for our, our listeners here. You've got two options. You could be in a secluded cabin in the woods with a sexy, khaki-clad, handsome stranger, or you could be the maid of your former sister-in-law in... A giant house by a burnt-out mill. Which are you going to choose? <laughs> yeah, and you're basically told that you're going to be like a slave yeah. <laughs> right. to your sister-in-law. I still don't understand. There's no Nobody logic behind it. There's I, no logic I, behind I, it. I put forward the argument as we were watching that like she probably thinks that, sh- that uh, whoever she's with will be like in danger because her past is so dangerous and haunting yeah. her. And like she, she doesn't feel bad putting Catherine in danger because she's a bitch. Right. And, but uh, Harry I guess is that's not the be... that's the most logical That's what we're supposed to believe yeah. certainly. And it's just like, but, oh god, Josie, just, uh, just you get guys a job as a waitress. Get out of town and stay out of town. Like just ugh. wait till she's <laughs> just wait so till close. her maid duties come around. Oh. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's so I, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we learn about Josie. Uh, like, I can't even bring myself to explain I the know, Josie plot right now. It's not even worth it. <laughs> Josie's 
I'm sure it's going to come up again, though. Father, master, lover. (laughs) Her words, not mine. Thomas Eckerd. Who, like, took her off the streets. When she was 16. And made her his prostitute or something. Yep. And Apprentice. He feels that... Prostitute lover. I'm kind of picturing basically, like... The musical Oliver, like Fagin and the Artful Dodger. Like, it's like this old crook teaching this little boy how to pick pockets, and that's Josie. But maybe that's not what, quite what they're going for. I don't know. But Josie's beholden to this man because he took her off the streets when she was 16 and helped. Well, so, so here's the other, here's the fucked up thing. She says, like, I now think that he's responsible for killing Andrew, Andrew. my late husband, and we find out that Andrew's alive. Yeah, Andrew shows yeah. up somehow. Yeah. And I'm glad you guys were here to watch that with me because, like, I would have had no idea who the fuck that well, was. Well, they yeah. really yeah. half-assed yeah. you it. They, like, yeah. are showing you a scene with his picture there, yeah. and then they, like, Andrew. But then they talk about Tom Eckhart while they're, like, picturing like while they're showing the picture and Andrew and Eckert look a little bit alike which is like confusing more old old men men. this is why like modern shows have like four main characters and that's (laughs) and they look vastly different (laughs) like you have like your brunette your redhead Mm -hmm. you know like the guy in the wheelchair (laughs) and the girl (laughs) it's true like I don't like like Disney movie (laughs) when shows have characters that are too similar looking it's very confusing and this and Twin Peaks does that for who is that yeah i do love so we haven't talked yet about ben ben has some great stuff this episode he is uh, you know so we Reminis- see he's reminiscing audrey and ben yeah. have both had traumatic experiences audrey is getting on with her life by like working hard at the family business being really productive at funerals helping out <laughs> like just helping everyone being like Extremely organized. Ben is handling this trauma by literally crumbling, wearing a smoking jacket. Peaks. It's like I need to cry, laugh, and cry some more. Yeah, he hasn't (laughs) shaved. He's wearing a smoking jacket. He's smoking a cigar. He's all disheveled, and he's watching old, like black and white slideshows of his family videos. 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 Yeah, and just strips. Crying. Hank thinks Actually, that's a better word for Hank it. Hank yeah. thinks it's a stag party because that's what you... Because it's a film camera. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's wait, how porno... I don't understand used, that. Because, like, I only really know this from movies, but apparently, like, back in the day... <laughs> back in the oh, day. Oh, I never like, got that either. So yeah. Why is he saying that? Go ahead, Tom. Okay, like, in, <laughs> cool. in movies from, like, the we do not late 80s, early 90s, like, they'd always, like, show guys getting at their bachelor parts, and somebody would, like, bring a film projector, and, like, they'd have, like, a reel-to-reel porno. Oh my god. That's how pornos existed back then, apparently. Exactly. Bachelor Party, the movie, I think in Freaks and Geeks, they get a porn. Simpsons, I'm pretty sure there's a scene where that happens. Yeah. Yeah, Wow. I did not know. I thought he said that because there were a stag, like. I don't know. It was because of the film projector. I thought it was because it was Doug's wedding, and that's. I don't know. No, yeah. no, it was the film Interesting. projector. Interesting, all right. <laughs> Me and Pat are 100% on this. So yeah. The little us. ladies, we didn't yeah. know. We didn't know. <laughs> and I also know it because of the same movies of Tom. Like, yeah. I learned it from the movies, too, because yeah. obviously we never Because you haven't watched a projection yet. film? <laughs> no. <laughs> With yeah. a group of uh, men? I've been to a few stag parties now, and never a projector was busted out. I I gotta say, one thing that has confused me my whole life 
is why men will get together and watch porn Dude, together that in a group. Me too. Like, I, that, we don't <laughs> what do is that? that? What is that? Like the last thing. Well, that, that's a TV. Th- I, I mean, yeah. If you've ever accidentally watched an episode of Game of Thrones with a family member, you know <laughs> the unique horror okay, that is well, watching a really sexy scene will, with someone you know. I will reveal something deeply personal <laughs> and a little shameful. It did happen, like, when we were first discovered, like, in junior high, because, like, you'd, some kid would find their dads, and then, like, that was the only way you could see it. Oh. And, like, they were proud to, like, show it off to their friends, and Pat's nodding vigorously yeah. with this. I had the same situation where, Thank like, you, I was, this like, 12, 13, We are learning wow. things. And wow. you find, it, yeah, you find Some kid finds dads. their dad's video yeah. porn. And then, like, he's, like, tells his friend, like, then all the friends come to the house the next day after school, and, like... Watch Pop it, it in. But like, then wow. once once we got to college and there was internet and stuff. Yeah, once like the internet came around, like there was no need right, for that. There's no need for that group. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that's so weird to me. Like that's the last thing you'd ever want to do. And maybe in the film, maybe in these days when like maybe the in, film projector was yeah. like the best source of porn, like yeah, it was yeah. still that same even for adults, it was like the same deal. It's like, oh, he's got a porn? Like Yeah. <laughs> that must be. It. That must be. Wow. I don't even know <laughs> where we were going it. with this. Oh Ben. Becoming a Ben Horn. Ben Horn's having a bad week. As he said, Catherine's alive and she's not a happy camper. (laughs) She's cheated him out of Ghostwood and the mill. He's been arrested for the murder of Laura and shows Laura's headshot that he still has framed. I feel like John Renault steals one-eyed jacks from him. I don't understand how that. Yeah, like it's been a friendly takeover. It's like he owns it. What are you talking about? I feel like there's paperwork involved. Like, I mean, not in this town. Not in this town. (laughs) One-eyed jacks is in Canada. (laughs) So. But how are you getting that money from an illegal? I, I guess we gotta learn about how to. Yeah, an illegal. I don't know. Oh, cash business, I'm sure. <laughs> there you go. And so you have that, some ca- other some yeah. legitimate cash businesses that you uh, report too much income on. Ah, there we go. There we go. So Money laundering 101 <laughs> from TV. I've learned a lot from TV, guys. <laughs> a whole lot. That's why there's been such an upsurge in meth. Thank you, Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone knows how to make meth now. <laughs> but, yeah, Ben is having a rough week. And... You know, I'm interested to see where he goes from here yes. because it's I I enjoy that we have this episode of Ben kind of recalibrating, but I want Ben to get back will to he Ben. Pick himself. Yeah. I'm ready for Ben to get back to Ben. Well, mm-hmm. probably losing his business will pick him up because yeah. there's where was Jerry this whole up? Where's Jerry there to pick up his spirits? Yeah, I don't know. Jerry's Ben's rock. He's That's why he's falling the next apart. Business he's in out there. Yeah, he's doing something. Yeah. he brings in the business. And Ben just he's prospecting in yeah. Europe. Or he's out partying or, with some group yeah. of investors from some foreign locale. Yeah. And yep. yeah, that's what he does. That's what he does. So I'm trying to look. Oh, okay. He does it well. One scene we didn't talk about yet was uh, Nadine and Donna. Nadine oh. telling Donna. Oh, no, we did talk about yeah, Nadine. Yeah, we did. Was, okay. Uh, oh, okay. Final final thoughts. Gordon Cole is the best boss in the world. Like Gordon Cole calls oh, yeah. the yeah. sheriff's department and says, "I just wanted to call and say you have my full support, Coop. <laughs> did you do any of this stuff?" Like he says <laughs> that Coop has his full support before asking if Coop did any of the stuff that Coop's <laughs> yeah. like charged for. And then he goes, 
We've all had our socks tossed around from time to time. <laughs> a couple of words of advice. Let a smile be your umbrella. <laughs> like, Gordon Cole, you are a national treasure. Oh, I just had a connection. Maybe this is why he said Cooper reminded him of a small chihuahua. Because... <laughs> Because, like, chihuahuas are always, like, barking at the big dogs, even though it's oh. going to get them hurt, like, if the big dog comes. So, like, maybe that he saw it. Be true. Cooper was, like, chihuahua. barking a dog out of his weight class, you know? Yeah, yeah. Coop does that a lot. So, I know we want to know, what will Wyndham Earl's next move be? Oh, I guess we should discuss the actual plot line that will matter, which is Wyndham Earl. Oh, so, yeah. Cooper gets a, a tape-recorded chest, message yeah. in the mail at the Great Northern. I took no notes on this. From so. Wyndham Earl saying... <laughs> on to Queen 4 is the move. Wow. Whoa. Your memory is so strangely selective. <laughs> like, the things you'll remember. <laughs> yep. It's a bizarre. Like, it's like you'll I'm have... a chess player. I don't know what to tell you. Extreme detail on some things <laughs> and, and then other things. And I can attest like, to that. <laughs> not, not at all. We'll stay in there. It's amazing. People are very boring. <laughs> chess is interesting. I don't know what to yeah. tell you. Wow. Yeah, so he gets the chess move, and he he's told that the opening move was, like, predictably pedantic for a reason, and that he's basically threatening Cooper and saying, here's how it's going to go. We're going to play this game. Pawns will be lost, meaning, like, lives will be lost, and, like, yep. I'm willing to do anything because I want to get the king, which is Cooper. So right now oh, we're left with... He's, speak, he's speaking oh, in par- uh, parallels. Well, and- now I know... No, <laughs> that was not the spoiler. Was that was interpretation of I say text. I say Come on, you've got to let me be a literary <laughs> analysis before we you can gotta, have a podcast. I mean, that's what I gathered as I'm well. Just, this yeah. is my, by his words. But I mean, well, okay. Here, I guess I did, I hadn't seen. You can hear the malevolence in his voice, but I didn't know realize it was directed at Cooper. Well, duh. They've told <laughs> that this whole plot is like Wyndham Earl wants to kill him. He and went then, crazy. Yeah, is, Wyndham, yeah, because per his conversation with Audrey, Wyndham Earl went crazy because uh, they were partners watching yeah. the girl, and then and, Cooper fell in love, and then yeah, the girl so got. So Wyndham died. Earl blames Coop also for the. Okay. Yeah, and then he went crazy. I don't. I was too busy thinking about chess moves. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough explains. to be such a genius. I know. I know. You were focusing. Yes. I'm figuring out what the note meant no, instead it's of true. following the rest of the plot that went out long well, I, know what, I, I did not mean that to be a, a spoiler. Maybe the King's Cooper. Maybe I, it's You know, like, I just, I'm not used no, to watching, I've never spoiler. watched a show like this with, like, you know, where I'm, like, watching episode after episode with people that have already <laughs> watched this. So it's, like, weird for me. So I'm, I'm, I will stop, I've tried to stop calling it out. <laughs> I can't. I, I will never stop entirely. It's true, but, <laughs> but, but, but that makes it. I guess fun. because I, I, yeah, it, it is fun. It I, makes it fun it for us. Fun. It makes it fun for us, and like it's an interesting. And calling you out on the spoilers is kind of fun for me. So. It's true. <laughs> it's like our shtick now. Yeah, me beating up Pat every time that he does it. I know. He does a subtle spoiler because all <laughs> of the spoilers are very subtle. Yeah, like, they're all like sideways oh, yeah. spoilers. Watch all the, this. <laughs> Pay attention to that. It's like, or it's start just, nodding. But the last spoiler, the spoilers now are just silly ones. So. I know. It's like, yeah. yeah, who cares if we find out that Nadine's going to be on the wrestling team? <laughs> what? No. I was no. on the wrestling team for a year in high school, and uh, one of our one of my teammates did wrestle a girl. And apparently she whispered to him during the match, I bet you're really enjoying this, huh? 
Probably Whoa. to like mess with him. I <laughs> bet like her coach funny. was like just trying to mess with him. Yeah. That's I mean, why pretty, wouldn't he? Nadine's a true athlete and really she is the treasure of Twin Peaks. And yeah. like forget Laura Palmer. Like Nadine can be the star cheerleader, the star wrestler. She's like better at everything than anyone. And the whole town goes along with her weird delusion. I mean, it she works. might be in the Olympics. She's like, come like, on. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, she's a like, freaking Superman yeah. in the Olympics. Yeah, they're like, well, we'll put her on the wrestling team when they should be like, let's Anyway, let's yeah. study her for science. <laughs> yeah. And she was point. super strong before the accident, yeah, too. So it's yeah. not like... Like, what is up with yeah. Nadine? Yeah. Do we find out what happens with Nadine and why she Maybe she's we do. <laughs> Perhaps. Maybe we don't. <laughs> All right. Find do. out next week. <laughs> find out next week on Laura Palmer's Dead, a Twin Peaks podcast. Damn fine. <laughs>